Hello and welcome to Rafi's Roundup. I'm, of course, your host, Rafi. And in this podcast, normally, I talk about whatever it is I feel like talking about. Um, this is a very special episode. It is the final episode for the foreseeable future of uh, Rafi's Roundup. You could say I'm hanging up the saddle. You could say I'm, uh, you know, putting the horse in the stable or other, you know, so I might as well just tear the the curtain down. I don't know anything about cowboys or the West. I've never even, the furthest West I've been has been Florida. I really don't know anything about the West. I'm sorry. I, I, everything I know is from movies. I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I've been kind of going back and forth about how I wanted to do this last podcast. Um, but I guess just as a refresher, so we're all on the same page. Um, I'm going to be taking a break from podcasting for the foreseeable future. Um, with the exception, with the exception of one more comic buffet that will most likely come out next month, uh, the first month of 2023. And, uh, with the exception of movie reviews, um, I'm not going to be podcasting anymore for, uh, for quite a while. Basically, I want to focus my creative efforts on writing and I'd like to focus my social efforts on maintaining a healthy friendship with a lot of the people that I've done recordings with before in the past. Um, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's been a long time coming. I've been do I've been podcasting for nine years, almost 10 years. Um, when I started, it was just kind of like, it started with a blog and the blog started because I took a re a creative writing course and I took a creative writing course because I needed more education, but I didn't want to go to college. So that's how we got to where we are. And, you know, in the time that I've been doing podcasting about comic books, I've had a lot of fun. I've created a lot of fun memories. My friends and I have created a lot of fun characters. We've covered a lot of uh, awesome comic book stories. I've learned more about, you know, this medium that I have always been interested in. And at the same time, I've built such stronger bonds with the people around me um, because I'm able to share what I love with them, you know? And... You know, I've been podcasting through, like, three different homes, uh, a multitude of jobs. You know, I, I podcasted around the time where, you know, I had friends that kind of, you know, left me behind. I've had, you know, family members pass pass away while I've recorded, not while I've recorded, you know. But in the time that I've been podcasting, my life has changed drastically, you know, as any life would over nine years. But it always sort of felt like no matter what changed, this was something I could come back to and and invest myself in. And I think the signs were kind of clear that the podcasting couldn't go on forever, you know? At some point, I stopped updating the blog. At another point, I stopped scheduling things with friends and, you know, it just sort of... I don't want to say it fell apart, but, you know, it just got harder, you know? Things get harder. People move, people get new jobs, and... I guess for me, it was like, you know, and I don't want to blame anyone, you know, I appreciate the people that listen to me talk so much, you know, and I don't want it to sound like I'm blaming anybody, but I just feel like I didn't really go up when it came to podcasting, you know, I feel like my highest moments uh, were, were lows at the same time, if that makes sense, and you know, that, again, I don't want to put that on the people that live listen to me. 
it's probably on me for not marketing or not, you know, kind of extending myself to the way that I should have. Um, maybe I didn't take this seriously enough. Maybe it went between being a, a career path and a hobby and I couldn't decide which way I wanted to go with it. Um, ultimately though, I just kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, what I want to do creatively with my life, it's, it's not podcasting. I think, you know, I like podcasting. I like talking about things. Um, I like discussion. I love conversation. I'm sure if I knew anyone that wanted to start a podcast, I'd be on there, you know, no problem. But, you know, just marketing and putting it on like YouTube and trying to get sponsors, like that's, that's all stuff that I'm not really familiar with. I I guess when it came to podcasting, the appealing part for me was being able to have a creative outlet and express myself and put my opinions out there into the world and, and sort of comment on things that I see. And I still like to do that, but I don't think I need podcasting to be that medium. Um, and I love writing. I've been writing since I was a teenager. And it sort of clicked with me. Like, I, I write poems almost every other day. Why couldn't writing be that source for me, you know? Like, writing, it has so much to it that podcasting doesn't, in my opinion. Like, I think... Like, in the process of becoming a podcaster, I have this sense of control that if I don't have that control, um, I see it as a loss. And at least with writing what I've written, that feeling isn't there anymore. You know, I can change the story however I want it to, you know? And what I'm writing isn't kind of hanging on scheduling, it's not hanging on events that happen in the real world, and it's not hanging on my my relationships with anybody. It's it, it's solely this singular thing that I can invest myself into, um, which is why I like doing it. And lately, since like October, I've had a lot of, uh, I've had a hard time writing. Um, I, I, I published my own book a while back, before October, um, called Pavement, which is available to buy on Amazon.com. Um, I'm sure there's a link on the Panel Better Facebook page, but I'll put one on there when this drops. But Pavement was a book I worked on since, uh, man, like a, a whole year, maybe a little bit over a year. There had been times where I tried to write a book and I'd lose interest, but Pavement, because of the context of the book, no matter how much time I spent away from it, when I came back to write for it, it didn't feel like a hassle to get back into the story. Um, it came from a personal place. A lot of the ideas in it are, you know, based around pop culture, but they're also just based around, you know, kind of the absurdity of experiencing new things. So uh, for this podcast, again, for the send off, I want to talk a little bit about pavement. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the future of what I'm going to be writing and you know hopefully by the end of this even if you're not interested in reading what I'm what I'm planning on writing um hopefully you can sort of understand why this is so important to me personally so you know getting right into things pavement um it's a 31 chapter book um hold on I'm just checking it's a 
Yeah, it's 31. It's 31 chapters. Um, the first edition of this book, a couple of people in my life have the first edition of this. Um, Seth has one. My grandmother has one. My dad has one. Um, and a lot of my relatives ended up buying this online. <clears throat> and for that, I want to apologize. Um, I did not know that the font would be as small as it came out. I think that's like that's partly my fault and partly the way Amazon's system works when you publish through Amazon. Um, but the font is pretty small. But people have read it. I've gotten reviews already for it. Um, I got a review from my grandmother that was, was very sweet. Um, I really I saved that text just because it, it means a lot to me that she took the time to tell me how I did. And I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's been out for a while now. And we just, uh, Macy and I, we put out a second edition of Pavement. It, it looks almost exactly, it looks like, it looks like the, the first one. But um, the font is bigger. The chapter headings are, are fixed. Um, it just looks a lot better. I don't have a copy on me right now. We still have to order our own copies of the book. But um, I'm happy with how the second edition turned out. It gives me a little less stress over um, over the mess up before. If I could go back and fix that or make it so every copy of Pavement came with a magnifying glass, I would do that. <laughs> um, but it's, it's interesting, you know, because it's one thing to have your family reach out and say, hey, I bought your book, or hey, I, I, I got a copy for me. And, you know, I had a friend of mine who bought a copy for himself um, and his father. Um, that was my friend John. I don't think I talked about him on podcasts before, but he actually um, passed away a couple of months ago. He got in a pretty bad car accident. Um, Seth brought the news to me, and it was... It was very painful. I didn't know John for that well, uh, or for that long. But in the time that I knew him, he treated me so well. Um, around the time that I met him, I had been spurred by other friends. And so I wasn't super eager to invite new people into my life. You know, I, I kept him at a distance. Um, and despite that, you know, he, he respected that. He respected my, uh, my approach, my perspective. Um, and again, like, just... A little bit of a tangent, but John, uh, super amazing guy, you know, it, it sounds kind of like, like, not, um, I guess generic, it sounds generic to be like, oh, I wish I spent more time with this person, I wish I knew this person better, but that's, that's straight up the truth, you know, all John was ever trying to be for me, to me, um, was a good friend, and, and he really was that, and I wish I gave him more of a chance um, while we had the time together, it was very unfortunate what happened to him. Um, I still have all these texts from him, uh, prior to what happened. Um, and you know, I, I bring this all up because when I published the book again, this is someone who I knew for a couple of months. I knew him through Seth. We met through tabletop, uh, games. Um, we didn't have a whole lot of conversations outside. I mean, we, we messaged each other sometimes, but we weren't especially close. But this is, a, this is someone who I met, you know, recently, didn't know for that long, but I guess I made enough of an impression on him that he was invested in getting to know me, and so much so that he bought my book twice, you know? Um, and God, you know, I, I really, if I don't have enough reasons to hope to be successful as a writer, I'd love to be successful so that I can tell that to people more. 
and remind people that there are good friends around every corner if you if you give them the chance. You know, I'd love to be able to tell people that on a, on a mass scale. But yeah, you know, John, my friends, uh, an old teacher of mine, a lot of people reached out to tell me that they bought my book, and that's really special to me. I even had relatives in Puerto Rico who don't normally speak or read Spanish or English, don't normally read or speak English, um, who bought my book to support me. And that, man, that means so much. And I still get comments like, hey, why is the font so small to this day? So I'm glad to put a second edition out there. And I'm glad to know there's such support behind me doing this for my family and friends. That really means the world to me. Um, this, like, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to be a writer, like, so bad. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like, I'm not ashamed to say I want to sell out. Like, I want to make the things that I write into movies and TV shows. I want to put my characters on backpacks and lunchboxes, like, whatever I have to do. Um, and, you know, that's gonna probably challenge the integrity of what I'm writing down the line, but, like, I... If I could support myself and my family and just make things easier for all of us through success, and and if, if all it meant was writing things and adapting those things into other things, like, that's that's what I want to do, you know? I'm not worried about what an, ap- what, like an adaptation of Pavement would look like on Netflix. I would just be excited to know that something I wrote, you know, carried enough value that someone would want to make something based off of it, you know? But, um, yeah, Pavement took me a year to write. Um, man, what what is even the premise of this thing that I wrote? So, the story is about this guy named Bale. And Bale is a, uh, he's a a marketing agent. And the, the story opens with him being on a business trip. And while he's on this business trip, he spends some time on, like, the boardwalk, you know, kind of an L.A. type of area. And, you know, he parties, he gets drunk, he, he, you know, he gets really messed up, but he has fun. You know, he gets so messed up, he has fun. And it's kind of a form of escapism for him. He, you know, he doesn't really want to go back home to his job, um, to his, his girlfriend, to his, his, his parents, he doesn't want to go back to his life. He kind of wants the freedom of being away from that stuff and, and starting somewhere else, you know? Um, and in in sort of feeling that way... Sorry. Uh, in feeling that way, Bale meets this girl named Vanna, who's a tattoo artist. And the two of them hit it off, and, and they sort of decide, hey, you know what? Let's take a break from life, and let's travel the country. So... Bale, that's what Bale does. Like he, he gets so fed up with the life he had before, he throws his phone into the ocean and he takes off across the country uh, with this girl that he just it falls in love with, you know? And, you know, there's a lot you can sort of infer from the characters, but what I really wanted to focus on was that feeling of exploration and, and having something new to look forward to. Um, I don't want to mince my words when I tell you, like, I'm satisfied with my life. You know, I I have an amazing, supportive wife. I live in a very safe home and a safe part of, you know, where I grew up. I have a great, supportive network. I have 
amazing friends, a great family. Um, I, I can't tell you how grateful I am for the life I have. But before I had this life, like, you know, the idea of starting over somewhere new and, and being the new person in town, like, it, it sounds romantic. Starting over somewhere new sounds romantic and fun and, and interesting, you know? It makes you feel like you're not run-of-the-mill, cog-in-the-machine. It makes you feel free, you know? You you grow up feeling that way, and you get to a point in your adulthood where you realize, hey, I just sort of stopped, and it, I, it doesn't feel like I'm going anywhere else. It feels like I'm just stuck here, doing the same thing over and over again, and, you know, am I, and it's, it's an, it's a expectation for a lot of people growing up, you know, to, to think like, well, I have to have a job, I have to have this family, I have to settle down here and get a house and stuff, like, you, you try to fit yourself in this box that the people around you and the, the culture that you're taking in, like, everything around you is telling you, this is what you're supposed to be like when you're an adult, and that idea scares me, for as much as I love having what I have, the idea of monotony and repetition and things becoming gray and boring and I don't want that. I don't want to turn into that, you know? And and bail was sort of my way of expressing that that want for freedom. Not that I'm gonna leave my wife and meet some girl on on LA or whatever and then start over and travel the country. No, just you know, getting out of the house and, and going somewhere you've never been before. That that was the inspiration too. You know, when Macy and I started our relationship all those years ago, you know, we didn't have the kind of money where we could just go out to a fancy restaurant every day. But what we would do is we would just drive. This is before gas costed a freaking arm and a leg. But we would just drive to malls that we'd never been to before and, like, talk about them and then talk about how good the mall was, how bad it was. Um, the first trip we ever took was a four-hour drive to North Conway. Um, we stayed up in a... a a hotel up there that I guess burnt down recently, but um, like that was that was just 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 the thrill of going somewhere new with someone who cares about you and 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 kind of building a dialogue from there is what kind of inspired Pavement. Um, originally, Pavement was going to be called the Derivative because I really liked the word Derivative, but it didn't really work in the plot. There is a character, um, I end up referring to as the Shadow Man who you could say is the closest thing to a derivative. Um, but basically, as Bale and Vanna travel the country, they're they're pursued by um, the Shadow Man, the derivative, whatever you want to call him, who is just sort of a shadowy copy of Bale. Think like Peter Pan's shadow who gets separated from him. And this shadowy version of Bale was sort of grown out of the cell phone he threw into the oceans. In effect, he is like, everything Bale was trying to throw away and, and separate himself from uh, given physical form. And there's a lot of characters in Pavement who kind of just show up and go away. <laughs> and and that was the fun part. Every Almost every chapter of Pavement is its own little microcosm, its own little story. Um, one chapter is about a town that has a, a tape monster who lives inside of the museum. Um... Oh, let's see another another one. I'm just going through the chapters now to kind of just point out some some codes. Um, there's a whole chapter from the perspective of Bale and Vanna inside their rental car, uh, 
and they think that the person driving next to them is someone famous. Um, and that gave me a lot of time to kind of set up the backstory for Bale, um, which, you know, you see here and there throughout the story. Um, there's a whole chapter from the perspective of these creatures that live inside of the rental car engine. There's a whole chapter that's kind of a Pokemon pastiche. There's an X-Men pastiche. Um, there's a character I introduced in chapter nine, who's a failed, um, uh, screenwriter. And every idea he has is just an existing idea he never heard about, like, like, um, Casper the Friendly Ghost or Toy Story or something. Um, but it's a lot of that, you know, there's, there's references, obviously, to pop culture, because pop culture is a big part of my life. But, um, there's just a lot of chapters that sort of come from a different perspective. Obviously, Bale and Van are the main characters, but... There's a lot of other characters that come in and, and you know, they affect the plot. <laughs> um, it's kind of hard to just kind of summarize. Because, like, the bigger parts of the story that, that affect everything in Pavement are the bits where Bale's life comes back to try and grab him. Whether it's, like, a real-life person or it's his weird shadow duplicate. Um... And ultimately, Bale has to come to this conclusion of, like, running from his past doesn't mean he can just leave it behind. Um, and that that isn't necessarily a bad thing. Because, again, that was something that embarks in my head. Like, the reason I don't just, like, change my name and take off somewhere else is because I have people in my life. And I'm responsible for them and they're responsible for me and I, I love them, you know? And... Even before where I am now, at the, at my lowest point, at, at my worst of times, it was hard to give up a life I had and start something new. Because, like, you know, you can't enjoy what you have without the the less enjoyable parts of your life. Like, you don't enjoy a vacation because it goes on forever. You enjoy a vacation because you know, you came from this place of hard work and you, you, you know, you worked day in and day out up to this moment where you could take some time off to, to breathe a little bit, you know? And that was a fun perspective to, to take it from too, because in the, the year's time, you know, I got married, we had the honeymoon, we had a staycation basically. Um, we visited some friends in Rhode Island we visited um, some of Macy's family, uh, you know, a couple states over. Like, I, I'm not used to traveling. Um, I missed the opportunity to visit some family members in Puerto Rico because of just timing and shit. But, like, I like to travel. I like to see new things and, and sort of reflect on them, you know? And when we went to Rhode Island... Maisie and I were behind uh, Taylor Swift's beach house, because she has one of those in Rhode Island, and we were just looking at the ocean, and I don't know what it was, but the still ocean, just after sunset, but right before it got dark, it kind of reminded me why pavement was so personal to me, because there is a beauty in seeing things that you're not used to. And it's scary. Of course it's scary to be somewhere you've never been. Like, 
what if something happens? What am I supposed to do? There's no one here to go to. I'm in a new place. But it's also exciting. You also get to just try new things and discover more about yourself. Like, what what kind of person am I in this new environment, in this aquarium, in this casino, in this park? Like, these places I'm not used to. Who am I here? And how does that affect who I am in my average daily life where I'm, I'm used to that, you know? You have to get out of your comfort zone to know more about yourself as a person. And I think Pavement is a story about self-discovery and about learning what what kind of person Bale really is on the inside. I, I didn't want Bale to come across as this wanderlust character who is, like, you know, curious and open. Like, no, he, he gets afraid. And he gets sheltered. And he doesn't want to talk about things sometimes. Like, he is a flawed person. And the only way he can learn to love himself and learn to love the new and old parts of his life are to fail or to fall and to lose things. Um, a big part of pavement is that darkness that we, that we are afraid of facing within all of us. Now, the next thing that I wrote, um, was, you know, it didn't take as long. It's a bit different. I haven't published this yet at the time of recording, but it's called Stuck Inside My Head, and it's uh, some poetry that I've written over the course of my life. Um, it is, I don't know, 167 pages. And so, ostensibly, again, I, I've been writing poetry for a very long time. A lot of my poetry comes from personal experiences in my life and perspectives I have on, you know, hot-button issues. And it's kind of a, it's it's much more self-indulgent than Pavement because it it's, it's poetry and it's based on my life. And, like, in, in the first kind of, in the introduction to this, to Stuck Inside My Head, I talk about how it's like, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm a typical person, but I don't think I'm, I'm incredibly uncommon as a person. I think I'm right in that middle spot of being relatable without being exactly like everyone else, you know? So, you know, maybe my opinions and my world experiences, maybe they're not so special or unique, but maybe that's what makes them good. I don't know. That's just a thought I had. I wanted, like, I wanted this to be therapeutic because that's what writing poetry is for me. And I guess in a way I wanted it to be raw and I wanted it to because that's kind of a lot of what I end up writing nowadays is very raw poetry very emotionally um forefront about things and how I feel about things and to to sort of get that idea across I didn't want to just put a bunch of my poems in a book I wanted to explore the thoughts I had when I wrote what I wrote like one of the the very first poem in Stuck Inside My Head is called Young and Stupid. It's a poem about a, uh, a, a relationship I had when I was a teenager, one of my first girlfriends, um, and how just kind of like it was very much a nothing relationship because we were too young to know what we were doing. And I broke it off because I didn't know what I wanted. I, just, I knew I liked girls, but I didn't know what to do with girls. And so I, I broke it off, and it became this whole thing. But, like, I, I wanted... I wrote paragraphs, basically, 
explaining that, explaining my experience and what thoughts went into Young and Stupid. And hopefully by reading the poem and then reading my my paragraph after, there's this understanding of where I was coming from, you know? And I didn't want to write all these poems and all these explanations for the poems. I didn't want to, like, deconstruct these poems to kind of cover my ass or cushion anything that I had to say. But I, I just, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think my, I, I like the poems that I write. There's not a lot of poems I don't, there's not a lot of poems I've written that I, I actively do not like. I'm always trying to do better. And when I write poems, I try to imagine them more as songs than poems. And sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't work. But writing these explanations is also just a way to sort of reflect on those feelings that I had in the moment that I wrote the poems. Um, but it's also a way to kind of just explain my story, you know? In this book, I talk about... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> In this book, I talk about my experience growing up. Um, I'm I'm a child of divorce. Divorce plays a big part in how my early years went. And for better or worse, the divorce of my parents still affects me to this day. I'm someone who, you know, has had my heart broken. I'm someone who has had people kind of walk out on me. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm a person who has had family members you know, treat me poorly, you know, but I'm also someone who has lost relatives and appreciates his friends, appreciates, you know, things around him. I kind of just try to lay everything out on the table, you know, I think generally speaking, I like to be a little bit aloof. I don't like to put my whole self out there unless I really trust the person that I'm, I'm having a conversation with. But for this, like, the, like, this, like, there's just so much that goes on in my head that I wanted to get out there, and I wanted people to know the kind of person I am, especially if my goal in life is to be a successful author. I don't want to leave anything up to debate or, or, you know, misunderstanding. I, I want to put myself out there and be understood, I guess, you know? I feel like for most of my life I've been trying to present myself in a way that is going to be easy for people. But in this instance, I wanted to lay everything out and be as real and honest as I possibly could be and not have to really worry about the perception of, of how people are going to feel about the things that I say. You know, the goal is to just help people understand me, you know? But that's a lot of what inside stuck inside my head is um it's a lot of just paragraphs and 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 poems about my life um my early childhood my perspective on the world there's this break in the middle where there's a bit of a time jump you know like uh, there was a time where I wasn't working on this book and I got back into it and you can see sort of a change in my poetry as far as like how the flow is and how I I try to um, make it work. I don't know. It's hard to kind of like describe it. I guess like when I look at o older poems of mine, I'm not totally ashamed by them, but I think they're a bit more amateur, a bit more like, um, school assignment, I guess. 
and I just whenever it's something the more recent it is the more enjoyment I have re- reading it and writing it you know um but yeah it just the the worry for me is that this is going to come out and it's going to ruffle feathers cuz there's stuff in here about my dad there's stuff in here about you know other family members former friends and I guess it you know it is my responsibility if this stirs up something it is on me if this stirs up something but I just I don't care you know I'm so sick of covering up the parts of my life that are too scary to kind of open up and, and talk about you know I don't want to do that anymore I'm just I'm too old to to keep pretending like there are things that I'm fine with. Because I'm not. There's some things I'm not fine with. And I want to be able to convey that with people. And I want to be able to sort of relate to people. There are a lot of people like me who spent all their lives lying about how they felt. Kind of stuffing their emotions inside and not really opening up with people. And I just don't want to be hung up on these feelings anymore. And the truth is, like, these these feelings that I have, when I write them out as poems, like, I try to make them beautiful. I try to make them, you know... I'm not a stickler for poems have to rhyme, but I prefer when they do. And it gives me more of a challenge. It tests my brain a little bit more to figure out how exactly I'm going to explain how I feel and make it sound nice, you know? And, you know, I just... It's more on that family support. I've had my mother and my grandmother and my aunt. You know, a lot of people have come to me and told me how much they like the poems and pat me on the back. And I, I'm so grateful for that. It would be torture for my only outlet to be writing and for it to be vile or just not structured well, just kind of disgusting. It, it's like... If I was going to spend my life obsessing over this way of expressing myself, I would hope that I'd be good at it, you know? Now, in terms of what the next thing I'm going to be writing um, for 2023 is going to be, because again, October through December was extremely busy. I didn't have a lot of time to write. But starting this new year, I'm going to jump back into it. Originally, I was going to do a crime detective novel because I actually grew up reading um, Robert B. Parker's Spencer books. That was all I read during high school. I loved those books. Um, I'd love to talk about them and explore them another day. But um, I like detective novels. I like paranormal stuff. So I was going to do a paranormal detective book. And I think I got like seven or eight chapters in and I lost my wind. And, you know, that happens to me a lot. I get that block a lot where I have this great idea for a premise that I'm super jazzed about and then I kind of pull it open and I try to expand on it and I just drop the ball I just like the premise doesn't not that the premise doesn't hold up but that like I, I lose steam in exploring it you know so I've been trying different things I've been trying to kind of build skeletons to stories like you know brief summaries of what happens every chapter I'm going to try to write things that are a little bit shorter than 30 chapters as well um and again, it was going to be a detective novel. It was going to be a whole series of detective books. I have all these big ideas 
that eventually I want to explore. Um, a lot of like there's a a novel about sitcoms, a novel about superheroes. Like I have a lot of ideas that I want to explore, but I don't want to invest my time into something with the fear that I'm going to lose steam over time. And that didn't happen when it came to Pavement, but it happened with uh, with that detective book. So, you know, it's a legitimate fear because I don't want to spend too much time on something and then lose interest in it and not be able to jump back into it. So I had this other idea that I want to try out for this year. It's going to be called either addiction, uh, addiction to fiction or fiction addiction, something like that. I like the rhyming of those words. Um, I'm thinking an addiction to fiction volume one. It's going to be three ten chapter stories, uh, themed in science fiction. You know, tangentially connected to each other, um, that are gonna make up the book. Um, you'll you know start with one story. After ten chapters, you get another story, and then the third one. Um, and the the general ideas that I had. Again, I have the premise for these stories. But I don't know how far that they could stretch by themselves. So I figured, all right, I'll take three ideas that I'm really passionate about, that I'm passionate about but unsure about, and I'll I'll stretch them to ten chapters, and we'll see how that goes. Maybe after ten chapters, I'll feel like, hey, here's another idea. Maybe I'll expand on that in the future. But for now, I want to get the premises out there. I want to get them into one book. That way. I can explore these topics that I want to talk about, but not lose steam too soon. But yeah, man, that's the that's the plan. <laughs> I'm sorry if I don't sound super excited. It's kind of late, and I'm I'm getting sick. But New Year's is right around the corner, which means a new chance to write something that I can be proud of, and just try to push myself as a writer. I know I have good influences around me. I know that, you know, I I don't know what the process is going to look like. Where I'd like to be is like J.K. Rowling status. Not to the point where I'm like homophobic and an asshole. Just like, like, I don't know. Does Percy Jackson have a, no, sorry. Is Percy Jackson the one that wrote those books? I think he is, right? Or is Percy Jackson the main guy? Hold on a minute. No, no, I'm curious. Um, no, he's a fictional character. God damn it. Well, who wrote those Percy Jackson books? Rick Rolladen? This is not a good example of what I'm trying to put out there. Um, but yeah, I want that Rick Riordan. I want that, um, the person that wrote Twilight books. Like, I want to be one of those writers whose life is writing, whose life is expanding on the things that they create. And I want to build those writers that can, um, like, adapt those things into movies and TV shows and share what I create with other people. Because a lot of my creativity came from superheroes and in fairy tales and, like, stories I've been told and stories I've seen in movies. Like, I want that process to repeat like, I want to be, for someone else, what, you know, Mark Wade was for me. 
you know, or, or Steven Spielberg was for me. Like, I want to inspire people to look inside themselves and, and find that imaginative core inside. Because that's, that's the other thing, you know, that's, I feel like that's all I have sometimes is, is my imagination and my mind. And like, I'm not book smart. I never picked up a trade. I'm not, I'm not the strongest dude in the world. I'm not athletic. I'm not even like, I don't think I'm that good looking. Like writing and creating is my passion because it's the thing that I'm good at. And I want to share that with people. I want to inspire people. I want to give people the idea that, you know, there is a way to be valuable in this world. There's a way to express yourself in a valuable way. And sometimes it's just as simple as writing a poem about a scarecrow or something, you know? So I don't know, you know, I know what I want the future to look like. I know I want to be able to sell my book at the local bookery and at Barnes and Nobles and... You know, I want it to be a bestseller. I want to get adapted on Netflix. I want to be at red carpet events and, you know, be a creative consultant on decisions in the movie business, you know. I want to run with it, dude. I, I want it to be my life and I want it to be enough to sustain my life and, and be happy with it, you know. I want to know that I'm safe and I'm secure and whatever happens, we can cover it because I wrote a story about a cake monster or something, you know? That's that's what I want. And hopefully that'll be the path that we go on. I'm, I don't doubt that there's going to be trouble along the way, but when it comes to, you know, creative outlets like podcasting or stand-up comedy or whatever, writing was never something I thought couldn't work so I'm gonna keep believing that for my sake um this is where we're gonna end off again I'm gonna be done for a while you'll you'll hear from me from time to time um when the new movie comes out the panel better Facebook and Twitter will still exist so you can follow me there if you'd like uh, as well as the YouTube channel and uh yeah again like there might be another podcast next month uh that's it, you know. <laughs> I'll still be listening back to old podcasts to uh, to entertain myself and have fun, and I'll still be talking to Seth and Justin and Connor and and all my friends and family, um, sort of reminiscing. And I'll I'll keep my ear to the ground about comic book stuff because I'm still invested in that. But um, yeah. If you if you ever hear about me in a larger proportion, hopefully it's because I broke big as a writer. Um, and if you'd like to buy Pavement, um, obviously follow the Facebook page for the Panel Biter, where a link will be posted for that online, or on Amazon.com, just search up, uh, Raphael John Ayala Author, that's, uh, R-A-F-A-E-L, John, J-O-H-N, Ayala, A-Y-A-L-A, as an author on Amazon.com. The book is called Pavement, um, more works to come out in the future. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, thank you for supporting the panel bite all this time. Uh, what else can I say? Um, thank you. Have a good new year. Um, whatever your dream is creatively, never give up on it because you deserve it. 
you deserve to hold dearly what you are passionate about. And you should never feel like what you're passionate about doesn't matter or isn't enough or could never do what selling yourself out would do. So remember that. Be safe. Um, And until next time, thank you for listening. Goodbye.